All right, if you've listened to part one, you are probably excited to keep going. And in that part, we were able to hear Bernie's story and just some incredible ways in which God met him and what God has done in his life. And so now, part two, we're going to jump into the scriptures. We're going to actually take and read. So let's let's keep going. So uh, as true to form, uh, Bernie, you don't know what we're going to be in. You probably, if you've listened to the podcast, you know we're traipsing through the Gospel of Mark, the yep. earliest account of Jesus' life and ministry. And uh, and so we're still in chapter one. Okay. Uh, we will be uh, in a small little section here. Mark chapter one, uh, let's see here, 29 through 34. All right. Now, what's coming, uh, what this this little section is coming out of, uh, if you want to kind of tune into the last uh, podcast episode, we saw Jesus was in the synagogue. He had entered the synagogue in Capernaum, and uh, it was on the Sabbath. He was teaching, and there were people there that recognized his teaching was one with authority. It was different than the scribes or the the experts in the, the Jewish law that somehow his teaching had authority and he taught with authority and there was a when you say that he taught with authority was that uh by things that he said or just the manner it was were there things that he was saying that kind of told those people in that time he is taking this authority and speaking with this authority or was it the manner of what, what he was doing it. It, it, it the the text tells us that uh, they were astonished at his teaching. So, I mean, uh, the the regular practice would be, uh, you know, you gather on the Sabbath in the synagogue, and depending on the size of the synagogue and the population, there would be uh, teachers there. They may be laymen. They may be rabbis. They're teaching, and it's usually they're going to take from one of the scrolls. They're going to read the Old Testament scripture or the Hebrew scriptures, and then there's going to be a teaching about what they mean or how to apply them. Oftentimes, uh, religious experts or scribes would would quote other rabbis and what they've said about that text. Uh, but really, their ability to expound that was, was uh, through the understanding of other people, right? So mm. they weren't, it wasn't their teaching, it was their kind of passing along understanding and teaching. And so I think what was one of the things we recognize is as they're astonished at his teaching because he was teaching as one who had authority, that he wasn't teaching from what others had said about a text. Like he's teaching because in reality, what they don't understand is it's his teaching. Like he wrote it. Yeah. yeah he, he's the author of this text. And so he is speaking this truth in a way that I think they're like, However, he's saying this. These are this is his stuff. Mm-hmm. He has authority, and then immediately, which it's interesting, there's a a demon possessed man there, and then he exercises his authority over the demonic, casts the demon out, silences the demon, and the demon leaves. And then their response is: not only does he teach but he casts out demons. So he's not only teaching as one with authority, but he then exercises the authority 
right there and then, not just in the physical realm, but the supernatural. Now here's, because remember, Mark, led by the Spirit, is giving us an account and an argument that this, he's the one. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the Messiah. And so they're seeing things and hearing things that are like, what do we do? It's blowing our categories. And I think of your story like, you guys ready? (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up. Like that's what's happening. So that's what's occurred right before what we're going to read. Okay. Okay, So that's some context. So we jump into verse 29 of chapter 1, Gospel of Mark. And immediately he, Jesus, left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew. So Simon, we understand to be Peter. Uh, So those two are brothers with James and John, also a set of brothers. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand, lifted her up and the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons And the whole city was gathered together at the door and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Some interesting stuff here. So our custom here is to approach this text with a couple of different passes. The first pass, we want to ask questions so that we we can go, okay, what is this saying? Do I understand all the words that are going on here? Do I understand the scene? Wait a minute, what, is it, what about that? Where'd that come from? I want to understand what's in front of me mm-hmm. so I can step back and, and clearly see the picture for what it is. Then a second pass is going to be, okay, I know what, I, I think I have understanding and clarity on what, what's being said here. So what does that mean? What's the, what's the meaning, not only for those that would have witnessed this, but who Mark is talking to, the account that he's giving, but it's also going to have meaning for us. And this isn't like sit around and go, how does it make you feel? No, what does this mean? If this guy, if Jesus is who we see here, what does that mean? And therefore then the third pass, so what? Okay, I I know what it says, I know what it means. What am I gonna do about it? Mm -hmm. How am I going to love those around me differently? How am I, is there sin I need to confess? Is there some sort of promise that I need to lay hold of here? Is there something about Jesus that I need to recognize and and come to grips with? But it should have some effect on the way that I live my life. And so that's what we want to do on the third pass. So first pass. Okay. What is being said here? Uh, You know, a lot of times we want to look at, okay, what's the scene? Where are they at? Who's present? all of that kind of stuff. We know that he's in that northern region. He's um, in Capernaum, uh, and that's the city because he's just left the synagogue, right, that he was just in previously. Uh, we understand that this is the kind of the hometown of um, Peter and Andrew, James and John. They're fishermen. It's on the northern tip of the Sea of Galilee, so it's on that northern coast there. And it will become what is kind of the home base of operations for Jesus when he's in the north. This is kind of his, his home base. Um, what are some other things we see here that we're like, okay, I need to understand what that means. We see that Peter has a mother-in-law, so he's married. Yeah. Um, why would it say 
immediately. It's, it's interesting because it says that a lot. Like if you go back, just like if you scroll and you look at verse 12, the spirit immediately drove him out of the wilderness. Uh, and then you look down further. 21. Yeah, you got in 21 immediately on the Sabbath. Sabbath. And then at the 29, immediately. Uh, then we see it again in this uh, next verse. And immediately they told him about. You're going to yeah. see this cadence of immediacy. And one of the things we know about Mark, it's the shortest of the gospel accounts. It's also the most kind of action-packed because of that. There's this sense of urgency that Mark wants us to understand that as Jesus is going along, there isn't a lot of lingering, but he's like, he's on mission. Mission. He's, He's doing things with a great level of intentionality as he's going from here to here. Um, in, in the next passage that you'll see is he's, you know, he's gonna, in 35 through uh, 39, he's gonna be re- kind of recovering. He spends some alone time with the Lord, with his father um, mm-hmm. alone, and then people are frantically looking for him, and then he's like, all right, let's go to the next town. This is why I came, preach, and heal, cast out demons, let's go. And he's like, he's about his business. Mm-hmm. He's about his father's business. So there is that. Okay. And so that's a good thing to note that we've seen that word appear quite a bit. And so there's this you, sense of urgency. Do you see that word in the complementary gospels? Not as much. Okay. Not as much. Yeah. That's that's a good, that's good a point thing. to make. Okay. Um, Simon's mother-in-law. So I do have to say uh, or ask, have you seen The Chosen? I have. Because I remember this Yes, scene. you're right. <laughs> As we go through Mark, there's... <laughs> if there's, you haven't watched it out there, you should definitely watch absolutely. it. I, I think it's really good. Yeah. And I think, again, it's a... it's a. I know that um, Dallas Jenkins and the guys there are trying to, to make the narrative and understanding of Jesus's life and ministry very approachable. Mm-hmm. And they've done a great job. But I hope what it does is it makes you go back to the scriptures and read it for yourself. Yeah, for sure. Because it is a human artistic rendering of the things that we're reading here. But yes, you see this, right. uh, you see the character Peter in there interact with his wife on several occasions and you're like, yeah. I wonder if that's how Peter was with his wife. We don't know. Right. We know that he was married and he was with his mother-in-law who was sick. That's right. depicted in the show, but. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot of creative freedom they took to fill in the <laughs> exactly, gaps yes but uh i think uh some of the things that are revealed through this passage and some of the other things even about the characters in the bible that you we just kind of we don't really have faces for them we don't really see them as real people yeah um, i think things like that can it's like, absolutely oh here's a face to peter like he was a he was a He's a dude. Yeah. He was like, a guy. Yeah, he was married. He had a mother-in-law. Yeah. He's And that 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 reality, I think the fact that Peter was married causes me to appreciate the him responding to the call of Christ on his life to to come and be fishers of men. And he was going to have to leave his wife for periods of time, long periods of time. And he was responsible for her provision. Right. And for his mother-in-law. Right. Who was ill. And so you you realize what Christ has called him to in that. And so that alone, I think, is a detail that's 
just not unpacked okay. in so, the Gospels. But so do we here. know that in that day, if you lay ill with a fever, was this like she could die at any minute or was this, hey, she's sick? Uh, I don't know. Um, but we know that obviously they didn't have the advances in medicine that we have. And so it's probably back then that illnesses and especially illnesses with fever were taken pretty seriously. Right. That, cause maybe you just didn't know it's like fever yeah. kills people. Yeah. We're prepping for the end. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we know that here there's illness with his mother-in-law and then later in that, the same little pericope there's, they're going to start bringing all who were sick with various mm-hmm. diseases and he's going to cast out many demons. And I don't know if the indication here is that there is a, a relationship between the presence of the demonic and sickness. Mm. I don't think that that's always the case, but it's certainly possible that that can be the case. That Sure. And it's also interesting that all of this demonic casting out that's happening right now is within the Jewish community. Mm. So we have this incident in the synagogue. There's a man there that's present to, on the Sabbath to, to find rest and worship in the Lord that it has a demon possessing him. We now see that he's still within that Jewish community and they're bringing people that are sick and he's healing them and he's casting out demons. And so there's this, there's an interesting component to that I don't know quite what to do with, but just to recognize that that's happening within this faith community. There's a lot of that going on and that Jesus is setting people free, mm-hmm. whether it's from illness or demonic oppression. He is liberating people that are in captivity. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, so yeah, we see the way that he does heal her. He, he took, takes her by the hand, lifted her up, and the fever left her. And it's not like she there was on bed rest and she's like just chilling, but she immediately starts like serving them, probably preparing a -hmm. meal. And I don't know if it's like, you ever been around one of those moms, like one of your friend's moms that's like, you you look hungry, hey. And they they just go off and start making you a bunch of food and you're like, no, I'm good. But you're like, this is really good. And it's like- I don't know if it's seen like, yeah, and it's this huge like feast. Like it could have been something like that, but that's the, the image that I have. Yeah. So if I was writing The Chosen, I would- yeah, I'd incorporate some major feast. I just think about whenever I'm sick, um, even when I start to feel better, I do. I am such a baby when it comes to being <laughs> sick, man. Yeah, I mean, I am I the think biggest a lot of guys wuss are. in the world. I'm like, oh, babe, can you just give me some soup? <laughs> I know, I know, I like started feeling bad like five days ago, yes. uh, but can you just give me. I just can't handle it. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna go take a nap. <laughs> And then when my wife is sick, she's still running oh, the show. Yeah. Like just superwoman. Yeah. Um, but I, I I guess that's kind of the image that came to mind is like whenever I have a fever or like sick, I just kinda and, and it starts to lift, I still just kinda wanna if I stand up and like try to help with the kids, I'm like, babe, I'm promise I'm not trying to get out of helping with the kids. I really yeah. don't feel good. But this was she immediately mm-hmm. immediately yeah it's like feeling like you're in bed like you could die from a fever or whatever it is that's on you and then 
you just stand up and you feel well enough to go start cooking food or getting drinks or like her, whatever. her energy's back. Yeah. And that speaks to the nature of the healing that it wasn't partial, mm -hmm. but that she's there probably sick. Everyone's worried about her. He takes her by the hand, lifts her up. She's the fever leaves her and she's now whole. There's she's not lacking health. Do you think that there's something to the response the, this being included that the response of restoration and healing is service. I don't know, but I, maybe that was, yeah. Is there something to that? Do you think like, hey, this, I think it it's just like she received her. and like her natural inclination was like, oh, well, I got to, is to begin these are to, my duties. I got to, because she others. is one who has now been served, mm -hmm. ministered to, mm -hmm. and so then she immediately begins to then minister or serve others. That's where the the word minister is just a fancy word for serve. Mm. So she begins to minister or serve them as they're there, and so yeah, as those who are recipients or, or experience Christ and His love and His His blessing, usually we're people that want to go and and extend that to other people. So certainly there's, that's a natural response, I think. Uh, so then the second half of that, that evening at sundown, so now um, a day has transpired and they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And it's quite a spectacle. That's yeah, a lot of, so probably got, a lot of people. I got a lot of questions here. So, um, is there significance to it being at sundown that evening, or is that just like it would have been? So that would have been the end of the Sabbath. Okay. So if they're in the synagogue uh -huh. and he's healed somebody and cast out a demon, then it says immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon. So it's, it's still the Sabbath when he goes in and he continues to liberate or set free people captive. So Simon's mother-in-law and it's still the Sabbath. And then it says then at sundown that evening, that would have been the end of the Sabbath. Okay. Now the next day has begun. And so then all these people are coming out of the woodwork. Okay. Okay. That's good. Um, who are they? It says that evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick. Is that? I think the indication there is the um, the disciples, maybe. Okay. Yeah, Peter, Andrew, James, John, or others that just heard about what's going down. Um, because one of the things we learned from the previous passage is uh, at once his fame spread, this is verse 28, everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. So there's this sense in which words getting out and so they is just people like they're like yeah you got to come meet this guy yeah you got to see this this is going down and so this this region is now it is spreading the interesting thing is it's spreading by word of mouth of humanity so people but he's he's with authority telling the demons not to speak and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him he had also said that to the, uh, he told the unclean spirit that he cast out silence mm. because they're like, we know who you are. 
are you here to to deal with us yeah buddy <laughs> and so then he's commanding them not to speak in this we're going to we're going to see this throughout mark what's known as kind of the uh the messianic secret like why is it that he was keeping it on the dl like why mm. why is he doing things and then telling people not to talk about it but specifically the demonic and and again i don't know if he's telling them don't go tell the other demons cuz i'm coming for them too and it's kind of like this Wyatt Earp tombstone moment. Like you tell him I'm coming and I'm bringing it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's that, or there's this sense with the messianic secret that some theologians think that means there was a perfect timing to everything that had to play out. And so it had to happen according to that timing. And so this is, this is a, a protracted kind of scheduled out right timing has to happen. And so it can't get out ahead of itself. Mm. There's also the sense in which some theologians think that had the word got out and, and enough people believed that he was the Messiah, he might not have been crucified. That what he came to accomplish to truly usher in the kingdom of God had to happen through his crucifixion and resurrection and that it possibly, it wouldn't have resulted in that. Oh, that's so good. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. And that's one of those things at Easter. Every year we're like, you know, you you, you kind of replay those events. And you're like, oh, I wish that didn't have to happen. But this, like, I'm glad it did. Like, because we would be without hope. It had to happen. It had yeah. to. That's and so the there's something yeah. about that that's, that's going on here. Uh, that's um, good. All right. This is, if you're listening and you're like, hey, Chad, you're supposed to cut it at like 45 at tops. Yeah, it's my fault. And we're guys. we're coming into an hour, and I'm loving it. So we're just gonna ride it. We're gonna ride the wave, and uh, we're gonna see what happens. Uh, we'll land the plane when it needs to be landed. So if you need to p- push pause on this podcast and come back on your drive home from work, maybe you're listening on your way to work. Don't worry, there's gonna be good stuff when you come back. So we're gonna keep rolling. Yep. And if you have an hour long commute and you're in the car for an hour on your way to work, God bless you. Yeah, it's a long. You're way. welcome. Yeah, yeah. God bless you, and <laughs> you're hanging out with us. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, this is good. Okay, so what else do you see there? What do we need to make sure we understand? We have sickness, various diseases. The whole city. How big is this city we're talking about? That I don't know, but it's a... And the whole city city was gathered together at the door. That's a lot of people, regardless. Even if it's like 100 people. Yeah. These aren't big houses. Right. And they're gathered at the door and he's he's literally, they're bringing him and healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast many, many demons. demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him, which is yeah, just- Yeah, that, that would be the verse that to me, um, I think would cause m- the most like question or uh, pause of like, oh, because like, oh yeah, he was- he was healing, he was casting out demons here, and they went here, and he healed her, and then he, all the people hear about it, and they heal and cast out demons here. And then he says to the demon, don't speak. Don't speak. It's like, and, and it's funny because we'll later in, uh, in upcoming chapters in Mark, the religious leaders will put together an argument because they're still trying to hold on to authority. Hmm. And they're going to start to circulate this argument that somehow he's actually working for 
Satan and that this is all just a ruse. And the reason why he's able to do what he's doing is because the demons know him because he's on their team. And that's when Jesus will say, uh, talk about um, blaspheme of the Holy Spirit and un- that's unforgivable. And, and so a little foreshadowing to things to come. We're not going to talk about that now, but there is this growing sense where how can he keep doing this? How is it that he has this authority and he can do this? And there's this interesting element that even the demons know him and submit to his authority, which is, they're like, what's up with that? He teaches with authority. They he even casts out demons like they respond. They immediately obey him, which we've observed on this podcast before. It's interesting that the demons immediately obey. The people do not. <laughs> right. <laughs> he tell, he'll tell people, yeah. don't say anything. You need to go here and do this ritual cleaning after you've been healed. Like, you know, you've had leprosy, go do this. And like, yeah, okay. okay. And then they, they tell everybody. And they go tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but the demons are like, you got it. And they obey. So there's something about as as Mark is is bringing this account to us, obviously led by the Holy Spirit, there's this picture that's forming about who Christ is, and it's around his authority and over all things. He now has authority over diseases, and they they obey him, and they leave when they're told to leave. So even like minute cellular components in the human body the demons they respond eventually we'll see him calm a a storm so now weather systems well they respond immediately and so there's this he clearly is the authority well what's the content of his gospel in mark 14 1 14 is he's preaching the kingdom of god and telling everybody repent and believe in the kingdom his gospel is there's a new king. Mm. And as he comes along, he confronts the, the powers that be and he's overthrowing them as he goes. And so his authority, his kingship is now being realized every time he encounters things that need to fall under submission to him because he brings life and not disease and sickness and he overthrows the demonic. It's good stuff. It's great. So... Okay, you stand back from this, okay. this, the, these couple of verses, and what do you think, or what do you see as, okay, the, when I boil it down, these are, this is the big kind of brush strokes of what this means. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, and it could be not what it means for Bernie. Right. But the meaning could immediately impact you like, okay, I see I see some things here that I need to really take seriously. I think to me what um, this word that we've kind of said that just kind of is drawn out of this is authority. Mm. And it's Jesus displaying his authority. If I think of like a theme of like a, hey, right. here's um, the way that he chooses to use his authority, um, express that authority, what he has authority over, mm-hmm. not just the the sickness, but the demons and their ability to speak. 
Yeah. Um, authority over, because I mean, at that time, I mean, in Jewish law, you were not supposed to heal on the Sabbath. No. Right? So no, he's not expressing all. authority over that. And he's, yeah, he's helping them understand the fullness of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. The Sabbath, he is Lord over the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is meant to be a, a time of, of life and rejuvenation, not of oppression. Mm-hmm. And so he's setting people free. They're experiencing life yeah. and healing and deliverance on a day that's kind of regarded as a day of worship and rest in the Lord. Yeah. And now these people can rest in the Lord because they've been set free. Yeah, no, that's great, man. His his word has authority mm-hmm. to give freedom. Yeah, it liberates. It liberates. For sure. His word has power, it has authority to liberate. And that's when good. you put it that way, and I sit and think, okay, so what? That means is today, I'm gonna have to make some decisions. There's a variety of things that I'll have to decide today. There are people that I will inter- interact with and I'll have an opportunity to treat them one way or another. And so I'll encounter people and I'll make decisions. And I know that God's word tells me how to treat people and what what are good and wise choices to make. And my flesh or the world will tell me opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I interact with people, there's going to be the get ahead mentality or the kind of me first mentality that I'm prone to in my flesh. And that's in many pockets of society, very acceptable to, you know, take care of yourself first. But God's word says, no, serve, consider others more important than yourself. Mm -hmm. And if we believe that his word has authority and he uses that authority in his word to liberate, then if I do things according to his word, it will cause freedom. Right. Freedom for me and the people that I interact with. Right. I think that's a good point. And this is something that ties into what just jumped out as I'm reading this again. And this is a so what? This is a everyday people, lives, how do we respond? What does this look like? We have to note that and immediately they told him about her. Mm. And the other part, they brought him all who were sick. So there is, I mean, when we have things in our lives, are we bringing it to the one with authority to give us freedom? Yeah. They they recognized the authority and they said, well, hey, here it is. Are Are we bringing those things to him? It's saying, liberate this, heal this, restore this, give this freedom. Or like I do all the time, am I just trying to do it myself? Hey, yeah, that is the temptation is try to fix it myself. Yeah, they had a mindset of just bring it, bring it to him, bring Mm -hmm. it to his authority. Um, So what does that look like for us? Yeah. Like, does that, does that look like, um, Okay, you know, my grandmother who's 95 and recovering from hip surgery and they're it's 
it's mm. a sketchy thing to go into surgery when you're that old anyway. Like, yeah. how often am I coming and bringing her in my prayer and petition to Jesus saying, heal her? I believe you can. I know you have the authority. Right. Um, uh, with things that happen at work, how often am I bringing mm. it and saying, hey, this is broken relationships because of COVID, relationships because of politics or civil unrest. Like, are we bringing those and saying, man, these are messed up. These are broken. These need to be liberated and given freedom and healed. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, in that, in this moment, that is something that I feel like is jumping out to me and convicting me of like, there's a lot of stuff. I'm just like, oh, well, we'll get to that later. Yeah. I'll mention that later. I'll take or, care of it later. I'll take care or, of it, yeah. He, yeah, God will do it. It is fine. But this idea that <laughs> I, if I'm aware of the need, then I should feel a responsibility and an excitement about I have access to the one who can address it mm -hmm. and to cause freedom for those individuals. And so I ought to, I ought to, to yeah, bring this before the Lord the one who has authority yeah. over such matters. So yeah. that is a great word, Bernie. Uh, man, good stuff, good stuff. So we read, uh, we took, we read, and I think that there is some just powerful truth before us about mm -hmm. the authority of Christ, the one whose authority brings freedom, and that we can, as followers of his, bring people to him that are in need of that same liberation the, the stuff that we've experienced and so my challenge to those that are listening um, be mindful of the people that the Lord's put in your life that you have an opportunity to pray for uh, that maybe you have an opportunity to speak truth into their life and show the love of Christ to them uh, take advantage of those opportunities because there's a particular joy that you get to experience when you do that when you um, bring people before the Lord and you get to watch and see him heal and to liberate and to free from sickness or illness or even uh, oppression. And so f I pray that you guys would take advantage of that and that you would experience the joy of doing that. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for joining Bernie and I. Uh, he will be on again, so look forward to that that opportunity. And uh, I if you have questions, if there are stuff that has been kind of brought up because of what we've discussed or read, uh, please email me, takeandreadpodcast at gmail.com. I love to get those emails, uh, and I try to respond to as many as I can. Uh, if you in, picked up something from this podcast and, and you know somebody in, in your life that you think would benefit from this, share it with them. Uh, let them know they can see it on YouTube, uh, wherever they find their podcasts. Uh, they can tune in and uh, take and read with us. Uh, and I just want to thank 22 Beans Coffee. Uh, they make this podcast possible. They're the official coffee of the Take and Read podcast. It's a great uh, cup of joe uh, in your morning. And they have decaf. There you go. They have a decaf cup of joe called Catch 22. Love and it. And it is, it does not taste like decaf. It's so good. Love it. 22beans.com. Check them out. You can use the uh, coupon code Take and Read, all spelled out, for 10% off. So thank you for tuning in, and I encourage you. Take and read.